Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. These podcasts are the ones that help you to develop footsteps with impact in your prayer life. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. We would appreciate if you recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store, and also the Google Play Store. It's the same app for both platforms. It's very well done, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Thank you. I thank you again for listening in to our prayer casts. Today we are going to be discussing a topic and praying about um, an issue that really usually happens in Christianity uh, where someone calls you and says, uh, could you please pray for me? And we've heard about the terms, like terms as um, prayer uh, intercede for me, prayer intercession. What does it really mean to intercede for someone? And what are the biblical principles that we follow when we intercede for someone in prayer? Uh, is, this, is this something we just do? Or are there things that we do that uh, can work? Does prayer of intercession really, really work? Is it certain people who are called to intercede? Uh, uh, so many questions come our way when we talk about intercession. So one of the things that I'm trying to do is to clear up some of these things. Are there people who are just the intercessors, the only ones who can pray? Or can anyone really intercede? Now, um, when you think of it, intercession is uh, when someone calls you to intercede, Someone is really many times are having issues, are having problems. They may be sick. They may be having an urgent issue that they need. And uh, in the 80s and 90s, uh, prayer lines were real popular on, um, uh, on the phones or even on TV. Many ministries were built on um, uh, praying for other people. Some of them were really uh, very good ministries as far as uh, following biblical principles in prayer. Others were just there, and some others were just really just trying out. And so we are going to make some clarifications and some of the things by pointing out, uh, showing you stories in real world, what does intercession mean, and also from the Bible. So some of the contests, uh, concepts in prayer that we're going to look at uh, is that God desires to see man work with him through intercessory prayer. And we shall see that in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 22. We also know, we are going to see that the Holy Spirit is the empowering person of God, connecting our prayers to the resources and the reservoir of God's power. Then we shall also see that Jesus is the pathway to intercession. 
And he gave us examples in the, in the Bible himself interceding, you know, such as praying for Peter. Uh, we are also going to see that intercession is really a part of a chain of prayer involving many parts. Intercession is just a part of it. And um, prayer in general is like a chain, an ongoing chain that we, you know, you, we are pulling. And there's so many other uh, interconnected parts in prayer. And so we are going to connect all those things and to see and make sure that we understand what it is and then not feel left out when we pray for someone thinking that, oh, you have to be you know, so holy or so this or the other. But you know, the biggest thing about intercessory prayer or interceding for someone is the heart to reach God for someone else. Once you have that, God will empower you and the Holy Spirit will give you the prayers to pray and the time to pray. Um, we know that God really does want us to pray for people. We will see, uh, say for example, we are going to see that intercession is really the action of intervening on behalf of another. Or it's a, medi you know, it's a mediation negotiation to cause a reconciliation. Say, for example, what do we mean? For example, you know, we know uh, the story of Abraham interceding for uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And he went through kind of a, 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 a negotiation with God, going back and forth with God. And um, in, in there he says, oh, if there were 10 people, would you save a city? If there were 100 people, that kind of thing. That was a, nego a negotiation between uh, Abraham and God. Not that God didn't know the answer, but it just shows us that God wants us to participate in finding, in fi finding a result for a prayer. The Hebrew word for intercession many times, uh, when you read the Hebrew Bible, um, uh, direct translation in Hebrew, is from the word paga, or standing in the gap. And many times we do use that word, standing in the gap. There is another part of, inter uh, of paga that many times we do not see. But that word means releasing power. We see it in the book of Job, where paga is used as a power released from the hand of God. Now, intercession is also, uh, it may be an intervention in a situation. Paul gives us a hint as to where this power comes from, and we shall see that in the book of Ephesians. Now, why do we intercede, or where, when do we intercede? Well, usually this happens as a request to join another in prayer or on their behalf. Someone may be sick and they may call you and they may ask you, please could you join with me in prayer? It also can be a spontaneous thing, you know, that the Holy Spirit puts on you. Your spirit feels that, you know, I need to pray for somebody. And no explanation. You just start praying or they come onto your heart and they pray. Many times Paul interceded, you know, and he made, he made mention where he says that, my, you know, I'm, in, I'm with you in spirit. It meant that, you know, he, his spirit will be prompted to pray for a certain church or a certain uh, mission, and he tells them that I am with you in spirit. Now, we do find ourselves in that situation many times where you know in your heart and you feel in your heart that you want to pray for someone or they're on your heart all day long, and usually your, your spirit is being prompted to pray for that person if you're a praying person, if you know about prayer. Now, um... And the benefactor many times, benefactor of such prayer, 
is overwhelmed by circumstances. They are in an overwhelming situation. They may be so down that they themselves cannot pray. They may be sick. They may be depressed. They may be under attack of some kind, spiritually or even physically. And you just feel that you need to pray and intercede. Many times intercession is urgent. You need to urgently get on your knees. And you don't have to be uh, on your knees, by the way. You could be in your car driving and it comes to your uh, spirit. You know, you have you can start praying right there and then. You could be um, at work. And what I do many times, I intercede for people when it comes on my heart and I'm at work. I excuse myself and separate myself by going to the restroom or somewhere where it is, you know, I can just talk to God. And it doesn't have to be this long extended prayer. Many times it may even be just quiet prayer. And you're just speaking to God, help this person, be with this person, do this. And um, so intercession is really a very interesting and a powerful way to communicate with God many times for other people. Now, I'm going to give two analogies uh, on, so that you can understand what the word paga means or interceding or standing in the gap means. I'll use one which is like a natural thing that happened that many of us know or can even pull up. Uh, on the internet and see it taking place. And then another one is a biblical example of something very similar. So the first one that I want to show you or um, bring to your attention to show you what paga or standing in the gap means, I'll bring up, uh, you remember in 1981, John Hinckley tried to assassinate President Reagan. And in that picture, if you pull it up on the internet, on Google, you'll see that uh, as John Hinckley pulled the trigger, a prepared Secret Service agent who was trained, who knew what to do when he hears certain noises or anything, that's semblance of an attack, he jumped right between the president and the shooter where he had the noise coming from. And this officer was shot, actually. And he spent time in the hospital. But I want you to remember that when he was shot, he did not die. He may have had a little injury, but because he, he had the armor, he had the protective armor on him, when the bullet came to him, all it did is scrape him. So he, they had to take him to the hospital you know, for checking. But he did not die or he did not get uh, injuries. But in that same process, there was... Um, Another gentleman, Brady, who I believe was the press secretary for the president, he did not have any armor on. He was shot and he had lasting effects. In fact, the Brady bill in Congress was brought, um, was brought about because of his uh, injuries. So Brady was here. He was not, uh, uh, you know, he did not have any protective gear on him. He was shot. He was between the president and him so when they shot the the bull, uh, when they shot him the bullet went through him I, th I believe in his stomach now also the president was grazed by a by a bullet but because of the protection that was around him his injuries were not life threatening so the same thing happened to the secret service agent his injuries were not life threatening mr brady's injuries were life threatening even though thank god he did not die now look at that as Paga. They stood in the gap between the attacker and the president. And they were shot 
and they stopped the president from being hurt. Now look at the president as someone who has called you for, for prayer, someone who you are interceding for. You are paga, standing in the gap, and you are stopping this attack that is coming. And guess what, though? You may be injured. You may be attacked too because the devil is not in this for play. He may attack you as well. So many times when we are standing in the gap for people, we get spiritual attacks from the enemy. And you may be wondering, what, why is this taking place? I haven't done anything. But see, you are interceding for someone in prayer and the devil is like, I'll take you out. But because you are well prepared in prayer, that's why it's so important for you to be bathed in the word of God and in prayer. To be marinated, as I, as I say many times, be marinated in prayer and in the word of God. So that when the enemy attacks you, you know exactly what to do. You know exactly how to be protected. That's why in Ephesians 6, Paul says that put on the full armor of God. There is a real full armor of God spiritually. And the way you do it is to stay in prayer and also to stay in the word of God. So that when someone calls you, to pray for him, to intercede for him, to paga for him, you, when the enemy sends those darts, those arrows at you, you are fully prepared. So that's what happened in this situation. The Secret Service agent, um, you know, was, was hurt, but he was not uh, fatally hurt. Now, then, then also there's a biblical um, example. When Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall, he instructed the working, you know, the working crew uh, to carry a sword on, in one hand and also to use the other hand to do the building. So uh, it's, it goes like this in Nehemiah 4, uh, 16 uh, through 17. But from then on, only half of my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows. And he goes on to say that, and the leaders stationed themselves uh, between, behind the, the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting their load and one hand holding a weapon. Now you can imagine, these people are here building this wall, but in one hand they have a weapon and in one hand they are holding the uh, bricks and everything else. Now don't forget that this wall was built in a record time of 52 days. And so you can see that there was an empowering that came from God when this, even though they were using one hand and even though the other half was just standing around waiting for any attack because they knew that the people around them did not want them to finish this work. So many times when you're interceding, you have to work almost with half a hand. But don't be discouraged because the other half is being supported by the Almighty God. You are empowered by God to do the work. Now, um, the Bible says, like I told you before, that God really wants us to participate in this inter intercession or prayer uh, with, uh, with Him. Now, not with him praying, but for the results to come. God wants us to be part of it. For example, in Ezekiel 22, uh, I believe 25 to 30, it says, let me look for that here. It says, your princes plot cons uh, conspiracies just as lions stalk their prey. They devour innocent people, seizing treasures and extorting wealth. They make win uh, widows 
in the land. Your priests have violated my instructions and defiled my holy things. They make no distinction between what is holy and what is not. They do not teach my people the difference between what is ceremonially clean and unclean. They disregard my Sabbath days so that I am dishonored among them. Your leaders are like wolves who tear apart their victims. They actually destroy people's lives for money. And your prophets cover up, uh, cover up for them by announcing false visions and making lying predictions. They say, my message is from the sovereign Lord. When the Lord hasn't spoken a single word to them. He goes on to say, that even the, poor, even the uh, common people oppress the poor, rob the needy, and deprive foreigners of justice. I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so that I, would, I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. You see here, God is saying that we have a part to play in protecting the land, in having peace, in... Uh, getting uh, rid of things that are causing oppression to others in the land. And God is saying that he looked for someone to stand in the gap and he couldn't find anybody. And I believe that today this is uh, very true also because God is looking for people who would pray and intercede for the land, not just uh, one country, but the whole place, the whole planet. There's so much going around in the world that God is looking for people to intercede in every country, in every area, in every city, and he can't find anybody. Now, Paul prayed uh, a prayer in, in, in the book of Ephesians that shows us basically how or where this power comes from. You know, Paul expressed God's desire for us to understand as believers this power directed to us as believers and that it's related to interception that we talk about in um, in Job 36-32. When we intercede based on this principle, we understand that there is a connection between these scriptures. Uh, whether it's Moses praying on the hill, or whether Paul is praying, as, uh, asking for the eyes to be opened. Joshua was, pr uh, was fighting in the valley. Moses went up on the hill top, and he had his hands raised up to heaven in prayer. They don't tell us what he was praying, but it's obvious that he was calling upon the power of God. Now, when her and Aaron saw that every time Moses' arms went down, Joshua was losing, they came one on each side to support him to pull up his arms up high so that Joshua may win the war. That is intercession. Many times when we are praying, we may ask some, uh, some other people to join us in prayer. Many times we say, oh, could you join with me and, uh, as I pray for such and such a thing? And it's good to have intercessors because when we get weary in prayer, someone else is there to hold us up. Now, what does weary in prayer mean? It just means that sometimes we may start to pray things that we don't need to pray or pray in the flesh. It could be anything. But this intercessor uh, uh, supporting you, God may give, them, may give them a word and they say the right thing at the right time because you are all being directed by the same spirit. So it's good to have other people to pray with you uh, if that is uh, possible. 
Now, uh, I want you to listen very carefully because I'm going to read three scriptures, uh, two from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament, trying to connect this power of uh, um, this power of intercession or this power in prayer. So I'm going to show you three different scriptures, and in one of them, we're going to see, um, in, in number one, where this power comes from, and that's what Paul prayed for in the Ephesians, so that will be in Ephesians chapter 1. And then the other one, you will see what kind of power it is, and that will be from the book of Job. And then the third one, third and last one is going to be in the Exodus, in the story I told you about Joshua, so you can see the application of this power that we have. So let us start with this scripture of, uh, in Ephesians where Paul is praying. He says in um, uh, Ephesians number one, chapter 1, verse 15, there, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. See, there is intercession. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. See, that's knowing the word of God. Um, the, so that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now, the eyes of understanding, we are talking spirit things here, not just the physical eyes. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to, according to the working of his mighty power, which worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated his, him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, all power and dominion, that and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. So here he's telling us that, you know, I want you to see this power, this same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. This same power that... Um, is far above all powers and principalities. In other words, it's above any power that Satan may have against you, against us. He's saying that he wants you to see, to have a revelation, to have a knowledge of it. And the way you have a knowledge of this power is in God's word. Stay in God's word, okay? This is how you get the revelations in the word of God. You read it you day by day. Every day you continue in his word and the revelations do come. So Paul is telling us that this knowing this power comes from knowing the word of God. And he wants you to see it, okay, to have the eyes of your spirit open. Now, number two, the scripture I'm going to read is from Job. This scripture basically tells us what kind of power it is, how powerful it is. This is Job 36, 32, and it says, He covers his hands with lightning and commands it to strike. So, picture this, that God covers his hands with this lightning power, and he commands it to strike, and it is precise, okay? So, then the third scripture I want you to see, so that we can connect the three, is when Moses was fighting, I mean, Joshua was fighting in the battle that I was telling you about. This is in Exodus 17, uh, verse 10 through 13. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army, the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites 
had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so that his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. So you see, here where you can ask yourself, how can just holding up the arms of Moses cause Joshua to win in the valley? Well, in this in Job, we have seen that there is this power that's like lightning covering his hands and that is directed and is commanded to strike. Now, we have also seen in Ephesians where this power is coming from, this greatness, exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. And he compared that same power as the power that resurrected Jesus Christ, that pulled Jesus Christ out of death and gave him life. Now, then in... Um, in the scripture of Joshua fighting, we have seen the application of it. That as they, these three join together, there is a war that is being won. Now the same thing happens in the spiritual realm, believe it or not. That there is this power that God once has directed to us what we believe. And that this same power, the hand, we stretch out our, our hands and this power that comes unto us. We don't know why God does that. But see, remember there's also a scripture that says that believers lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now think about it. It doesn't say pray for the sick and they recover. And yes, we can pray for them. But it says lay hands on the sick and they recover. That's all it says as far as sickness. In my profession, many times, and I know in the professional world out there, in the secular professional world, we cannot and we are not allowed to pray for people. I mean, people can ask for prayer and they have asked me and I've prayed, but we cannot force it on people or imply it to people. But you know what? It doesn't stop us from touching people who are sick. And so many times I touch people who are ill and in my practice, I just touch them. Because I believe the scripture, it says that lay hands on the sick and they recover. And in my job, I have to touch them anyway. So I touch them and many times you'd see miracles. I've seen miracles happen and sometimes people don't even know I was praying for them. I was laying hands on them. But there's one guy, one time he was going to have uh, surgery and he had had like nine different surgeries of the heart. And he had gone to one uni major university here, University Hospital, and they had told him basically to put his um, uh, house in order, that he didn't have much time. But before he went for this final surgery, he came, passed by where I was working, and he says, hey, uh, I'm going for this, blah, blah, blah. And somehow I said, do you believe in prayer? And he said, yes. And he looked around. And then inside of me, knowing the environment I was in, I said, God, don't let anybody come in. And so what I did, he was holding some stuff in a um, plastic bag that he, I, I don't know what it was. He had just bought some stuff. And um, I said, God, don't let anybody come in. It was like angels shut these doors. Nobody came in. And I prayed with him. And as I was praying with him, the power of God came and his bag flew from his hand. It shocked me. Didn't surprise me. It shocked and surprised this man. He looked at his bag and he was like, 
what's going on? I just looked at him and smiled. I knew what was taking place. He didn't, but I did. That was the power of God, the anointing in the hand. And a couple of years later, by the way, he came back to me and he was like, oh, these guys, man, those are never go back to that place. You are right. You prayed for me. Now it's two years later. Uh, they told me to put my house in order. Uh, made me feel I was going to die. And um, I used up all my money. Now I'm looking for a job. And we laughed. We laughed so hard. It's, I said, you know, I told him, you know what? Only God can determine when you are going to depart from this world. But this explains here what that anointing is when we lay hands on the sick and they recover. Now here you can see this translation of intercessory power uh, with uh, Joshua fighting in the valley, Moses raising up his hand, coming the power that we have seen in Job, directing it towards the valley to fight and win, uh, her and Aaron are helping in the intercession. Now notice they didn't win instantly. The Bible says by day, sun, sundown, they had won. So sometimes things will take time. They will, uh, your healing may take a while. The spiritual things taking place, you know, the fight may be a while. Just don't give up. Get intercessors who will hold your arms up in prayer so that you can win in this battle and you will win. I have seen it happen. I have prayed for people, my wife and I and uh, other intercessors, we prayed for situations. We have seen cancer being healed more than once. And now I know about medicine and cancer, but believe me, I know situations where God has specifically caused the healing miraculously. Uh, they took their chemotherapy. They did what they needed to do. But you know what? God healed these people. So now, intercession. We shall see next time um, in the next episode uh, at a different way. You know, we'll see how Jesus used it and so that we can apply it that way. But now we're going to stop and we're going to pray so that God will show us. We'll pray like uh, Paul prayed to open the eyes of our understanding that we may see the power directed to us what we believe so that when we pray and intercede, things do actually happen because God does want us to participate with him to see results based on what we just discussed. Now, I know this has been a kind of um, deep and um, it required a lot of attention, but go back and listen to them. Now, also on our blog, on our app, the app that we have, there's a side of the blog that will have all these scriptures listed and kind of um, I try to put it in an, an order that you can follow and understand more than a conversational order that we have in the podcast. And I thank God for the podcast and the, those who have helped to contribute to them to happen. I am very grateful because they do help a lot of people and I've had a lot of input from people. So I know... Um, giving people the spoken word and also the written word in the blog helps them to understand these things that we have, this work that we have in Christianity. It's not an empty thing. And believe me, I'm a very well-educated man. But I know one thing. There's power in prayer. There's power uh, that God has given us to use here on earth so that we can participate with him in molding things and changing things around us. In the name of Jesus, okay? 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord, thanking you for your goodness, mercy, and love. We thank you, Father, for teaching us. We thank you, Father, for helping us. We thank you, Father, that you do desire and want us to be part of you in doing this work. You have given us the scriptures to follow. We have seen uh, the stories uh, that we can relate to, both uh, of President Reagan and also um uh, Joshua fighting, but Father, we know one thing, that you want us to participate in our daily lives, uh, in the situations they may not be as tough as uh, that which we have seen, or they may even be tougher, but it doesn't matter, Lord, as long as we understand that you have a power directed to us Lord, who believe in you, and that you have anointed our hands to touch those who are sick and get them well, and that you have uh, you want to open the eyes of our understanding, even as Paul prayed, uh, so that we may see the power directed to us Lord, who believe for the different situations and different ways of the things that we do. Father, I ask you that the listener of this podcast, Lord, that they may be blessed with your power, that you may empower them, that you may help them, show them the scriptures to read, teach them, guide them, uh, lead them in everything that they do, whether they are praying for someone, whether they are praying for themselves, whether they are praying for situations to change. Father, I pray that the eyes of their understanding may be opened and that they will see the power directed towards us, towards them that believe the power that the same power that resurrected and pulled Jesus Christ out of the grave is the same power that you have uh, apportioned them. And we thank you, Father, that it's being done in their lives, in their prayers, that, Lord, they don't give up and they know that you are with them and that, Lord, Heavenly Father, you want to participate in their lives and you want them to participate in your powerful uh, anointing. Thank you, Father, for everything and we give you all the glory in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And thank you again, my friend, for listening in. We thank you that you download. uh, We ask you that you download our app and that you um, also tell other people about it on that same app. You'll see uh, these podcasts as well as the blog so that you can have everything in writing, so that you can look up the scriptures and be encouraged. Please uh, recommend our uh, app to other people, your friends, your co-workers, and other people. Also from the app, by the way, you can go on there. There's a link where it says that um, uh, um, recommend this app to someone else. Just click on it and it will take you to how to recommend but uh, you can download it from Google uh, Play Store or from the Apple, um, Apple Store. And it is free. People usually worry about, uh, is it free? Uh, yes, it is free. And also the footprint. The footprint of this app is so small. It's smaller than many YouTube videos that many of you do look at or download. So it's uh, very convenient and very helpful. And we've seen a lot of testimonies from people all over the world, from Africa, from, um, from America, from Canada, from Europe, and yes, even from the Middle East. Uh, they have downloaded it and they use it and it helps them. And like I said before, it is a free app. It's good for you, and it's good to recommend. Thank you. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we will see you next time uh, on our next uh, episode.